Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for more sports talk, as we are going to be talking round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs in the NHL. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and uh, joining me today is Craig Needles. How the heck are you, Craig? Doing well. All right. Um, keep, you know, keeping on. Like, listen, we'll talk about the Leafs very briefly. Last mm-hmm. year was a just absolutely awful, awful loss. They were up against a team that shouldn't have even been in the playoffs if it was a, st- a straightforward season. And they gacked away a 3-1 lead because they played like garbage. This year, they played great. And against a team that's won nine playoff series in a row. And it came down to they didn't get any breaks. They didn't get a nice bounce when they needed one, and they certainly didn't get any help from the referees, didn't get a single break. And that's how hockey goes sometimes. And if they had beaten Montreal last year, I don't think anyone's really freaking out about losing this series, but they didn't beat Montreal, so here we are. But just, you know, two good teams went up against each other, and it came down to the slimmest of margins. Yeah, it's 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 crazy because we for the first time in a long time it feels like anyway I'm, I might be wrong on that because I'm just I'm just riffing on that but we don't have any we don't have any we got two three seeds that's it we got we got two we got two three seeds and the rest are ones and twos we don't have any we don't have a sneaky wild card we don't have a four we don't have a, a five seed anything like that we got. Uh, you know, might might we might be in for a, a a chalk year in the National Hockey League, which you don't get that often because it's a weird sport and there there always tends to be an upset. Maybe there's an upset, although I'm not really calling any of these. There's only one series that I would be just I it, there's only one series where I would be shocked shocked if one team didn't uh, come out ahead and. Uh, that's uh, we'll we'll get to that. that. Obviously, I'm highly invested in the series I'm referring to, but uh, we will. Why don't we talk about just for a little bit um, the Maple Leafs because this is a podcast that is based out of Southern Ontario, and a lot of our fan base is Leafs fans. Um, like I'm not a, a Leafs hater. I say that every time we talk. I have to. I feel like I have to reiterate that every time I. I talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs because I just as an Avalanche fan I, I we, we see the Leafs twice a year it's it's just there's no there's nothing there right so and I have a lot of friends such as yourself who are Leafs fans and and family members who are Leafs fans and I do not wish ill on the Toronto Maple Leafs because as you know if you ever go on to Steve Dangle's YouTube channel and like all of his top videos are all the videos where it's like you know Leafs lose 9-2 the David Ayers video the you know collapse against Montreal etc etc so there's obviously quite amount of schadenfreude uh based on Leafs I don't really participate in that although I do watch those tangle videos and just kind of go oh poor Steve um yeah this one definitely felt different I was a little bit I, I was a little bit um Shocked isn't the right word, but like a couple words below, a couple notches below shocked that uh, at how much cold water Dubis and Shanahan kind of threw on on the uh, what is to come with the with the off season and and whatnot. Um, you should know from this perspective. Let's just say mm-hmm. they are going to make a big deal, which to me the the it's it's Nylander. You can't trade Marner. You can't trade Matthews. And yeah, that's full no move. the only one. Because yeah, you're not moving Riley because you just oh. signed into an extension. Matthew Matthews no, and uh, Marner and Tavares you can't move because their contracts don't. So the only guy you can theoretically move is is well, no, uh, I think Nylander. They, they, could get a, they could get a ton from Mitch Marner and Morrow. They just it would be stupid to move him. True. Um, and Tavares is a 
Tavares is a full move clause. So yeah, but here's the thing about that. People are like, oh, they're saying they're not going to make any changes. Why would they go up there and say, oh yeah, we're getting rid of some of our big forwards. We're going to make huge changes. We'll see what happens. Uh, like what? And just murder their own trade leverage. Why would they do that? Yeah, that that doesn't make a ton of sense. Right? But... Like what? Like don't, like just like. It just it doesn't make any sense. Even if you think they should do that, they shouldn't say out loud, we're doing this, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, you kill yourself in the negotiations and whatnot, right? Yeah, so it, it's... if everyone knows that you have to trade a guy, how are you going to get full value for that guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It, like... it, yeah, that's it, it's not smart. I just, I mean, like... Uh, from a perspective of like, they didn't say anything like, well, they they, they basically went out there and, and kind of insinuated that they weren't going to do anything, which, you know, if you can choose to believe that or not. I just, I did think that they would come out there and say something like, listen, we're going to explore any, you know, something along the lines of it, that like hockey talk, but like GM talk, the, the GM version of hockey talk where it's like, listen, we're, we're going to explore every avenue we can and do whatever we can to improve this team. Sort of, sort of a thing. Right. And they didn't really, they kind of didn't really do that, and uh, yeah, and I know like Sheldon Keefe got made fun of for the the respect and the handshake line thing that he that he said, which was out of context and somewhat overblown, I thought. But um, do you foresee the Leafs making any kind of big roster moves, i.e., a Nylander deal? Because that's the only one I can wrap my head around is is moving Nylander. No, in. I don't. I... I just don't see how they get value that makes them better in 2022. Mm-hmm. And that... Yeah, I think you know? I agree. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I it just, it, I, 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 I don't see the world in which the Leafs, because like obviously the fans want. Now, this is not a, a <laughs> this is not necessarily a, a, you know, but like poll, polling around, I've been asking the Leaf fans friends that I that I you know work with, play softball with, do do this, do that with, uh, podcast with, etc. And it just it, you know, you get a healthy mix of oh we got to trade Nylander, oh we got to trade Marner, oh Dubis has got to be fired, and then other people being like I don't know what you do here and 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 whatnot. So and I, let's look at, here's here's what I would say. There are people saying, well, the Leafs can't be saying this is good enough. They can't be saying that, you know, they had a great mm-hmm. season, but they lost in the playoffs. They can't be saying it's good enough. No one's saying it's good enough. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I'm completely happy this season. Of course I'm not. However, would it be stupid to fire people over what happened against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yes. Would it be stupid to trade elite players for less than they're worth over what happened against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Also, yes. How many big changes did the Lightning make after they got swept by Columbus? Uh, none. none. They did well. They they just kind of beefed up the third and fourth lines a little bit, which is I think yeah. <laughs> that they didn't even do that during that off season though, right? They did all that work during the following season. Mm-hmm. But there were there were people saying you should trade Kucherov. True. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That well, because he got himself kicked out of that Columbus series, right? Yes. Yeah. He, he got yeah he got kicked out of game three. Um, he played game four and they lost anyway. But yeah. So now you know Tampa Bay hadn't lost that many years in a row, although they had lost in negative, like they had made, they had missed the playoffs in 2017. They had lost to Washington conference finals in 18. They get swept by Columbus in 19. And there are people saying they should blow up that Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky core. And they did not do it. And that was the right decision. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, if Kyle Dubas can find a player or players 
who will help the Toronto Maple Leafs more in 2022 and 23 than William Nylander. Yeah, there's a conversation to be had. Do I think that is a likely scenario? No, I do not. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with you. I, I mean, yeah, it, it just it does not make sense to me. You're not improving your team with any kind of trade into what is now being dubbed the core four. Um, you, you're going to lose a couple of guys off the off the bottom half of the roster, right? Like I, I would imagine yep. Mikheyev's gone. I would imagine Kerfoot's there's, there's gone. There's no chance. There's no chance Mikheyev's coming back. That, yeah. that just that just isn't going to happen. That just isn't going to happen. It's going to be too expensive. I think there's going to be a conversation about trading Engvall for a draft pick just because he's going to start to become a little more expensive. I'm not saying they will do that, but there's going to be that conversation. I don't think you're going to see a few other players who are back because they've got some younger guys that are coming up anyway. However, uh, I'd be very surprised. Like, well, Tavares isn't going anywhere. Like, They're not even going to ask him about waiving the no move. Because if, once you ask him, it's a toxic situation. They're not even going to ask him, nor should they. He's their captain. And people say, well, you know, he's, he's, he's lost a step. Yeah, is he an $11 million player right now? No, but he's like an $8 million player. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, there, there are far worse contracts around the NHL than that one. Um, so there's that. And I think he'll have a better year next year. If you look at his, uh, his player card, everything, everything was about the same for him as far as, you know, control the puck, all the stuff, except for his shooting and finishing percentage went way down. I'm not sure if John Tavares forgot how to shoot. I think he just got unlucky. So there's, there's, there's that aspect. Matthews isn't going anywhere and Marner's not going anywhere. I saw Elliot Friedman on their podcast talk about, well, they need to do the equivalent of the Raptors Kawhi trade. Yeah, he caught the summer of Kawhi. I think he do- I saw that he dubbed it or something. Yeah, I don't. I don't yes. know if that's Here, out there. Let's 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 let yeah. Let, let me just re- remind you the circumstances of the Kawhi trade. One of the three best players on the planet in that moment had a really significant falling out with his team. He had one year left on his contract, and his team had very little leverage in trade negotiations. The Raptors had a player who plays a not dissimilar spot isn't quite as good and some other a bunch of other draft picks and young guys that could throw into that deal and they got lucky and they made the deal and it worked out of course it worked out it worked out better than anyone could have possibly imagined as i said on twitter today let's look at the top three player aspect of this neither in my opinion connor mcdavid nor kale mccarr are going to be available via trade this summer (laughs) The other top three player in the NHL already plays for the Leafs. Yeah. So you can't trade for him. He's already on the team. So what are we doing here? Who's the yeah. top three player coming? No. Now, it, if, it, and it, again, if to your you point. To... Sorry, go ahead. No, no well, I was just going to say, to your point, comparing big trades like that in the NBA to the NHL is it's 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 apples and oranges it's night and day there's so much further from the truth there's 15 guys on a roster in an nba roster only about seven of the eight of them truly matter when it when it comes down to it and one guy the the movement of one guy on your team can make the difference between a title and not title that is just simply not how it is in hockey where you've got to be like 20 deep like where you got to be 20 30 deep and then, oh, by the way, you have a position in this game where the job is to just stop fun from happening, right? And it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't translate. So I, I, I hate that. Oh, oh, you gotta make a, you gotta make a trade so that you're like a basketball team. I just, it's, 
on it, that's just such a silly comparison to me. Anyway, sorry, you were you were going to say something. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say essentially what you're saying there. And further to that, just the circumstance of the Kawhi trade were so unique. Now, if you want to say, hey, maybe just to switch things up, you need a top end of the roster player for top end of the roster player deal with some other team. Just to switch things up. Maybe you're looking for it. And maybe there's another team looking to switch things up too. Yeah, you know, we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But like, like, I just think that that's an unlikely deal to find. Now, if the Vancouver Canucks decide they want to do a JT Miller thing and you do Miller and some stuff for Nylander, we can talk about that. Yeah, I, that, I think that's, a, that's funky. That's a likely yeah. I think you should uh, put like, that out on Twitter and watch the <laughs> watch something. Yeah. Watch that tweet blow up because I haven't heard anybody well, talk about that. Toronto, Toronto would need stuff back because Miller has one deal, one year left in his deal, and Nylander mm-hmm. has two. Right. Yeah. So there's there there's that part of the conversation, but I just look at this and think to myself, the Kawhi like deal, and Friedman keeps mentioning it, and I just I just don't see how that analogy makes sense. I don't see how it works for a variety yeah. of reasons, including like, again, I, I like, like if, if, if you call it like if, if, if Connor McDavid demands to leave Edmonton and as we record this podcast, Mike Smith's given up another goal, three, nothing Calgary in the first. Yeah. Although, if Connor, although, although, yeah. Although McDavid just scored a beauty to make it three, one, but like, uh, yeah. bet the over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The over looks good. Uh, if Connor McDavid demands to leave Edmonton this summer, then yeah, maybe you have a somewhat, you know, similar comparison. I don't think that's happening. And if Connor McDavid demands to leave Edmonton, can you imagine a world where the Oilers ownership is like, yes, we will be trading this particular player to the Leafs? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, not a shot, so- right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. It was like someone on Twitter the other day said, well, the Leafs, uh, if they had more cap space, they could have done the Devon Tra- Taves thing that Colorado did. Like, I'm not sure Lou was, was sending that player to Toronto, to be honest. No, not a, not a chance in hell. a few deals that are inaccessible to the Toronto Maple Leafs because teams will not make them. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I truly believe that. I really believe that is the case. Now, no, there are it others. Is. It's why you don't see a ton of uh, Canada. And that. Like the Leafs are, are are in a tier, but you don't see it in a lot a ton of Canadian teams trading the Canadian teams in general in the National Hockey yeah, League because if yeah, because if you get if you get if you get rooked on one of the deals or, or or raked over the coals or bent over or whatever you want to say and whatever analogy you want to use on that particular trade, you hear about it every day because the media scrutiny for all seven teams up here is so brutal, right? Like it's yes, there's that and it's could you imagine if you're the general manager? Let's just say we, we use the the JT Miller William Nylander thing we were just talking about. Which again, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that'll get. I think that there's a very very small chance of that happening, if, if any at all. But let's just say the Canucks screw that deal up and Miller goes to Toronto and the Leafs have a crazy great run and God or God forbid win the cup. Mm-hmm. And Nylander doesn't have a great couple years in Vancouver. Yeah. Like yeah. you hear about that forever. Oh my God! You get the Leafs the last piece for their cup run. You idiot. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas if you did the exact same thing, let's just say they trade JT Miller to uh, the Rangers. Do the Mm -hmm. exact same thing for the Rangers, no one says a goddamn thing. No. Well, Well, a few people, yeah. Maybe maybe people say things, but it's not the same. It's not. No, absolutely not. Well, it's not a fire. You don't get fired because of it. You might just be like, whoops, biff that one, right? But like up here, it would be so noticeable and 
so made fun of on so many outlets and podcasts and blogs and newspapers up here that you would be probably fired immediately if, if it was like you're responsible for giving the Leafs the last piece, right? And, and it would go the same for like Edmonton too, right? But yeah, that would be tough. Um, last thing on the Leafs, what is going to happen between the pipes and uh, future Detroit Red Wing Jack Campbell? Uh, yeah, that's that where I'm picking that. Happens. Yeah, that's where I'm picking that he goes. By the way, I'm just I'm staring at the list of team I, names, and I'm, I'm just fascinated like fascinated by that. I, I think that he he obviously will want to stick around. Mm-hmm. I just the money's going to be there for him, right? And if yeah, you're a goaltender, exactly. you gotta snatch it when it's available, right? Like, I I agree. I think that there is absolutely a chance that they get heavily outbid for Campbell, which would be too bad. But like, do I want to do five by six or whatever for him? I probably not. Yeah, because like that's the the, the one uh, the guy I think everyone's comparing him to I think or in terms of uh, where he's going to be in and around is uh, Linus Olmark. People, like, is it going to be more or less than what Linus Olmark got in uh, in, in Boston there, right? Um, yeah, that what, was what, what that was twenty million dollars over four years, right? I'm looking yeah, it up right now, but I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure it was four by five. I think I think you nailed it, or it's something very adjacent to that, which is about I think the I think. I think he'll get a little bit more AAV wise. Uh, Campbell will, but I just I, I can't shake the shake the feeling no, of Jack. I, I was right, uh, yeah, and yeah. he got a full no move. Oh no, sorry, not full no move. Sorry, sixteen team no move. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, anyway, I uh, I just yeah I don't see the least wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't see the least wanting to do that. So. We'll see what happens. I think they might try to go cheap with go- – like maybe you get a situation where you try to go cheap with two goalies or maybe you see if you can rebuild Mrazic's value or something. I don't know. But uh, interesting times ahead. Uh, so how, how committed is Detroit to Nedeljkovic? Because it was absolutely worth a third to see like, hey, how good is this guy outside Carolina? And the answer for the first year of the Nedeljkovic thing was resoundingly bad. He yes. is not good outside. Yes. No. So we'll see. Now it was obviously, like I said, it was worth the try, worth the effort, but it has not worked out. So yeah. we'll see what they do. But yeah, that might be a spot. Detroit might be a spot. Um, I, 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 I don't know what the goaltending is going to be like, but the Leafs put up 116 points this past season, and the goaltending was uh, like sometimes great, sometimes awful, but on the whole, eh, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we'll see. They, they, they have until uh, March of next year to really solve that problem though. Don't they? Yeah. Uh, like I would say, yeah, Campbell, the teams like I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at Detroit, obviously Detroit, I think is my number one with a bullet. Uh, I mean, probably not St. Louis cause they got everything kind of New Jersey's another one that might be there. They might be in the market for a goaltender. Uh, that's that's. I think that Blackwood is going to be leaving there. I just think that there's mm-hmm. been some there's been negativity between him and the team. There's the vaccination thing, which everyone knows yeah. about. But yeah, they're 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 into Blackwood for two point eight next year, and then he's restricted. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's maybe a team can go in there and get him. They go sign. Uh, they go sign Campbell. I don't know. Like that, but yeah, New Jersey's a New Jersey's a team. So we'll see. There will be some goaltending musical chairs this yeah. off season. And people sure. keep saying, oh, the Leafs are going to have to give up all this stuff if they want to get off the Mrazic contract. Like, I'm not sure about this. Like, guys that have played worse than him. Like, I know Mrazic had an awful year. But guys that do not have his track record of playing well in the not-too-distant past will get more money over more years than the 3.8 over 2 that he's owed. 
So I think that there might be some team that would be willing to take him as a consolation prize. So if they want out of the Mrazic business, they'll be able to get out of it. I'm not sure they will, though. I think they might just want to run it back with the guy. Yeah, and he's a backup, right? You're not... Uh, I, I think that he's. I think that he is a goalie that you play, you know, 30 nights a year. And then you have a goalie that plays 50 nights a year. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. You know what I mean? Those are like... So, yeah, absolutely. the days of goalies that play 60, 60 nights a year are probably behind us, which is fine. No, and they absolutely should be. Everybody, everybody's been moving towards that. I know the Avalanche do that. They were they they try to work in that 50-30 sort of a range. Now, the Avs had that weird thing where at the beginning of the season, and, and this kind of cost them the President's Trophy, if we're thinking about it, was the, the slow start that they had in the first month because uh, Jonas Johansson and Eustace Annunen had to start a bunch of games for him because uh, Kemper and uh, Francois were both hurt. But uh, hopefully, knock on wood, those days are behind us. Although uh, Kemper was stabbed in the eye in round one. So <laughs> we'll, uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, it's not really much I want to t- uh, touch on with any of the other teams. That have been, I, I mean, I guess like if you're staring at like Boston and Pittsburgh, the question we have with them is like, who's coming back and who might be retiring, right? Like, is Bergeron gone? Well, Ludo Shitawa says it looks to him like that, that this is the end of the road for Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Which, if it is, hell of a career. And he goes yeah. at like, and what his reporting was essentially he's not a guy that wants to see his game slip. So he wants to sort of go out as close to the top as he can. And he had a phenomenal year. So that's, Getting that's what one he wants last to do. Selkie trophy might be pretty dope. Uh, if and he, and, and he if he he doesn't if he doesn't get that trophy, it will be a significant miscarriage of justice. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, I I think that with him, if he's gone, it's a whole new era in Boston. Like if Boston goes in the next year and their centers are like you know the guys that they've got on the roster right now, not named Patrice Bergeron. Like I just don't know how you wind up being a good NHL team if that's the case. Yeah, like they, they might they might be a like, team that makes big moves in free agency this year. We'll yeah, see. maybe they're, maybe they're a cadre team, which would be ironic based on why cadre left Toronto. Oh, it um, makes me so sad to actually consider that out loud. But yeah, you, now that you say it, but like, loud, I'm like, oh have, no, they have money. Yeah, if they're not paying, have the money, right? Yeah, right. But they go into this coming season with their centers being Charlie Coyle, Eric Halla. And Trent Frederick, like, you can't do that. Like, oh. well, you can't, but you can't expect to win a lot of hockey games. Like, I know Pasternak and Marshawn are great players, and that's fine. But if those are your centers, it doesn't matter how good those guys are. Charlie McAvoy, I think, is one of the best defensemen in the league. Like, one of the three best defensemen in the league. He's excellent. But if those are your centers, it doesn't matter how good Charlie McAvoy is, does it? Nah, I wouldn't think so. You, I just don't think you can compete with that. So Boston's either going to have to bring back Bergeron, which he may or may not want to do, or they're going to have to go get some guy. So it's interesting that their cap situation for next year is pretty tight, even without Bergeron, because next year you've got McAvoy getting bumped up to a $9.5 million cap hit. So that's a trouble spot like that. Well, not a trouble spot. Like it's a fine contract, but he becomes more expensive all of a sudden. Uh, You've got Lindholm, who is a a $6.5 million hit starting next year. This year they had him at half price for the end of the year because of the trade with the Ducks. So he's a $6.5 million hit next year. Like 
you your your defense is getting a little more expensive, which is fine. Like the Lindholm contract is a little long for my taste. I don't know if I would have necessarily done that, uh, but the defense is getting a little more expensive. So finding that center is going to be tough, or maybe even finding you need to find two centers if you are the Bruins. So they're they're in for an interesting offseason if Berger, especially if Bergeron says he's not coming back. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Pitt, uh, Boston, yeah, oh, God, that thought of Kadri <laughs> Bruins jersey makes me so sad. And it's, God, that's probably actually going to happen. That's so upsetting. Uh, Pittsburgh, Crosby says he's coming back, obviously. It'll be interesting. Uh, Malkin, though, he's a UFA, is he not? So there's, there's something there. I just, I can't imagine the way this season ended for them, that they don't try to do anything except run it back and then add some, some, some guys in free agency because they should have won that Ranger series. It just hockey's cruel and dumb. Sometimes it's pretty yeah, much it. And you're saying Crosby doesn't get hurt in that in game five. They probably yeah. win that series. Bit of a turning point, bit of a turning point. That said, Pittsburgh did blow a couple of leads in, in the closeout games. So yeah, you know. no, that's true. Yeah. They, they, they yeah, absolutely do that. But I just think that they would have been up to nothing and they still would have had Crosby and, and so forth. Yeah, Washington, I don't see them doing anything big in the offseason. I think they just run it back and just hope that they can win a few more Honestly, games and get out of a wild card, right? Yeah, but here's the thing with Washington Capitals. For the next few years, is the goal win in the Stanley Cup or is the goal something else? It's all. I think it's all. I think it's getting Ovechkin as many goals as possible, but also, you know, like you can sprinkle in a deep run in there if you feel like it. Yeah, I mean, they, they again, no, they, they were the better team in that they, series. Yeah, uh, for for most of that series, I would agree with that entirely. And again, I'm not saying they can't have a deep run. I'm just looking at this roster where all of a sudden the best players ages next season. Yeah, getting long in the tooth. Will be be 37. Ovechkin turns 37 in in September. Backstrom turns 35 in November. Oshie turns 36 in December. Carlson is uh, is 32 now. It'll be 33 in the middle of next season. That doesn't mean these guys are cooked, but those are your best guys. And if your best guys are of that age, that's tough. And here's the other one. Wilson's a pretty good player too, despite the fact that there's a lot of crazy stuff. He is going to turn 29 next season. Guys like him, it goes quick, doesn't it? Guys that kind of like play that rough, they go from being good player to you can't keep up, and it feels like it goes fast. I yeah, I just I agree completely. I just look at the roster, and I'm not saying I'm not precluding them from having a nice run or whatever it happens to be in the next few years. All I'm saying is the window may have closed for them being an elite team. Which hey, you know what? They won the Stanley Cup a few years ago. Good for them, but they haven't been out of the first round since. And that kind of might be what their situation is for the next little bit. Uh, like Dallas and L.A. Basically, sorry, I said Dallas and L.A., not L.A. Uh, Dallas and L.A. Uh, I mean, just kind of ahead of schedule-ish, especially for L.A., I would, I would say, that, uh, that the Kings uh, finished ahead of schedule. Maybe should have won that Oilers game, if not for a weird Tyson Berry goal that Jonathan Quick probably should have stopped. A uh, hundred times out of a hundred, but didn't in Game Six. They might be playing the Flames right now, but uh, didn't go down like that. And then Connor McDavid with just an, an all-time Game Seven moment with that uh, insurance goal in in the seventh and deciding game. Uh, 
Um, but LA is ahead of is very much ahead of schedule. They're looking good. Dustin Brown isn't going to be around. And listen, I know you don't necessarily want to hear this, but like this is the team, the Los Angeles Kings, and the way they're set up right now, Craig. This is the team that I would be. This this team should be heavily invested in the continued playoff dysfunction of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because is is this if it the nightmare scenario occurs for Toronto and Austin Matthews decides I got to get out of here I I'm, I can't keep losing in the first round is that not where he goes is it not the los angeles kings in the way they're setting up in the next two or three years yeah well obviously kopitar comes off the book the same year that matthews does i will say this i believe that obviously austin matthews wants to win competitive guy it's impossible to be a 60 goal nhl score without being competitive guy he wants to win It, it literally can't be done but I think that Austin Matthews likes hanging out with Justin Bieber. And I think Austin Matthews likes being the most famous player on the most famous team. Uh, I, I suppose. But like, I mean, Bieber's probably got a house in LA too, man. Like, No, I know. But like Bieber's team is the Leafs, right? Like it's fair. like all, all I'm saying, all, all I'm saying is there's a difference between play, like Austin Matthews. If he signs his next contract with the Leafs will go down as the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf who's ever lived. Yeah, there's no debating that. I just think if your argument is that uh, Toronto has the celebrity advantage over Los Angeles, that might be... No, uh... no, no, no. no. I'm talking about franchise cachet value, not the celebrity. I I don't even think... I I don't think... uh, I I don't think he's going to be. I think we're living in that right now, quite frankly, that he's the best player in the history of the Leafs. Yeah, maybe. But then he he gets all the records, too, if he sticks around. His name's at the top of the record book forever and all that stuff. I just I I would be very surprised if that's not the way it goes. So we'll see what happens this coming year. But you know he gets to play with he, he gets to play with his friend Mitch and all this stuff. I just uh, the people that are well, what if Austin Matthews? I just have that I I I find that to be very 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 unlikely, very unlikely. Put it that yeah, way. and I'm talking through it. That's just I was just for doomsday scenarios. I was mapping that out in my head. I'm like, where would he actually go? Because, you know, like there's that Leafs fans are paranoid of that dumb thing. Well, a certain sect of Leafs fans are paranoid about that dumb shit that, uh, uh, Brian Burke said three or four years ago, right. When they were like, Oh, he's going to go to Arizona. And I'm like, listen, he, if he does leave, it's not going to be to bleep in Arizona, right. Where we got, we found out he's today. Gonna go they, play he's going to go play in a college rink in 2024. That's his this, plan. That well, now, Granted, when Burke said that, for, for when Burke said time, that, but like, yeah. If anyone still that, they can, we found out today. They, yeah, we found out today they can't even put on. They can't even put the logo because of the NCAA issues and whatnot, Craig. They can't even put the the Arizona Coyotes logo on the ice that they will be playing on. It's got to stay as ASU, and it's like, what is? Yeah. yeah so it's not going to be that. So I was like trying to map out well what team could he actually go to right and it's like well la is is to me i think is is would be the one and that that's not still not likely to happen i just i i was just trying in my head to be like it's not gonna be fucking arizona right like get out of my face with that um 
Dallas, I mean, they're just, uh, I mean, they, they found something in Auditor, it, it looks like. Certainly hope that that's not, he's not a one-hit wonder, not a one-series wonder, Craig. Certainly don't have, hope that for the Dallas Stars. Uh, <laughs> I, like, Ottinger, like, obviously was a uh, really, really good player sort of coming in the NHL, so. But he, I will say this, is that, have, have we ever seen a goalie play better in a series his team lost? Uh, what was the year? Was it Jay Shiger when he won the Conn Smythe? Despite uh... yeah, but if you look at if you look at the the series against New Jersey, he was good, but not like as good as he had been the previous three rounds. Yeah, that was a all three. Yeah, that was a full playoff uh, Conn Smythe, right? Yeah, that was a we're, we're giving you this for your full playoff run, not for this particular series. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, he was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic. And when I w- was watching that series go deep, now I don't know. Colorado, obviously, a little better track record against Dallas, but you never know when the goalies get involved, right? But uh, uh, when the Avs had their feet up during that eight days off and Calgary was like <laughs> into a game seven overtime, I was like, Boy, it's really good that Arizona had that four-goal comeback in the last game of the season against Nashville. Eh? I was just like, woo-wee, how things could have been different, right? Every game mm-hmm. matters, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, speaking of Nashville, uh, I mean, they're going to be more or less the same, just hoping that UC Saros is ready to go next time they're in the, when they're making the playoff run next year. That's about it. I mean, they got to figure out what to do with Forsberg. That's about it, right? I don't know if he's going back. Yeah. You've had a year. To negotiate, they, yeah, a year, and they haven't figured this out yet. Like, hey, stuff happens at the very end. Stamkos figured his out at the very, very end, but they've had a year. And if, as some of the reporting has said from a few different places, the Predators are saying we're not paying you more than Yossi, and Forsberg thinks he can earn more than Yossi on the free agent market, the answer is yes, he can do that. So if that's the case, I don't know if this deal gets done. I don't think it does either. I think I think he's I think he is. I, I will say this so right now on the, the podcast. I, I think Philip Forsberg is playing for a different playing in a different uniform in uh, 2022-2023. I'm interested in what team that's going to be because there's there, there isn't a ton of money around, but there's some. Mm-hmm. There's some. Yeah, maybe, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe Forsberg's a Boston guy. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Philip Forsberg. Uh, they, is... they, like, if, they, if they're going to go deep into the free agent market, they can't spend on the wingers. They've got to go center. That's a good um, point. Maybe the Flyers decide to go after the two biggest Flyers, free agents and, yeah. and go for like Forsberg and Kadri, and then say, "Hey, we're done rebuilding. Let's go win a cup." And then, obviously, uh, uh, absolutely, that would probably end in disappointment. But yes, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What um, is a very Flyers thing to happen? <laughs> May I suggest you Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, not bad. Oh, they're, they're trying to lock down the trots. Apparently, they're trying to get the they're trying to get the hometown boy to come home. Especially if they're moving other guys, right? So they'll have yeah. some space. Uh, so that's uh, that's yeah, a spot. Yeah, because they need to no, make some hockey trades and and stuff. So yeah, maybe that's maybe there's something there that they can work out a, a, a trade and then a, a like a sign in trade what between part? like yeah. And I don't know what the organizational priority will be. But Seattle crack. Mm, yeah, because they need they need a guy, right? They need a guy they need to put on the posters in the net. Yeah, they and need a guy. Guys, yeah, and they need a guy they can put on the posters too. Now they don't really have that guy either, so maybe that's the guy. 
Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, Minnesota Wild. What else to say other than so long? Nice knowing you. Kuro Kaprizov's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pop in for the occasional Kuro Kaprizov highlights, but uh, see you in six years, Minnesota Wild? Uh, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> way that it's, it's uh, well, it's, it's, it'll be three years of them having between yeah. 12.7 and $14.7 million in dead cap. Yeah. I so. just, I truly do not understand for the life of me how one is competitive in that scenario. And, you know, at the, the end of season news or Garen's like, oh, we want to try to bring, bring back Flurry. If you're Flurry, what the hell are you doing that for? Yeah, no. Especially yeah. with this goalie market that we just talked about. Flurry will likely yeah. be. You can find, find a space someplace else. But if you're like, and like Kevin Fiala is not playing for Minnesota next year. Like that is just, it's not happening. No. Like what's yeah. the contract that Fiala gets they can fit in? Like they've really hamstrung themselves here. And they did it for a few reasons. One, to be more competitive this year, and they had a nice team. Two, they were worried about retirement recaptures if they had traded either of those players, which, fair, and now they don't have to worry about that. They get the pain out of the way now as opposed to later. But it, uh, it's going to be tough for them because you look at next season and they've got about $75 million bucks for 18 guys and Fiala is not one of those 18 guys. And when I say 18 guys, there's some AHLers in there. So if you get rid of the guys that are AHLers that are probably not NHL roster players next year, of which there are a couple, like, they're in a bad way. They need a goalie. They need a defenseman. Like, I just don't see how Fiala's back. No, so, this, this might be a lottery team next year, man. Like, this honestly might oh, be a lottery oh, team. I, I'd be surprised if it's not a lottery team next year. Mm-hmm. Like Vegas is getting into the playoffs next year, barring a crazy run of injuries again, right? So someone yeah. from the someone from the West is going to miss the playoffs. So maybe it's Dallas if Ottinger's not phenomenal again. Uh, I don't think it's the Kings. The Kings are on the upswing. Yeah. The Oilers, you know, they have some goaltending questions, but they have McDavid and Drysaddle. Like they're going to be there. So yeah, it's. Someone's going to fall out of the West playoffs and the, uh, the, uh, and the Golden Knights are going to get in at least. And, hey, maybe the Canucks get in based on the way they played under Boudreaux. They would have if they had had Boudreaux the whole season. So there's that, too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so enough talking about the teams that aren't there. Let's talk about round two and the teams that are still left and our elite eight, if you will. We uh, Full disclosure, you mentioned it earlier, we're recording this as uh, the – Battle of Alberta is being uh, played as we squeak. And so that means we will be making these predictions with a tad bit of hindsight because there's three game ones in the books. And again, as we squeak, uh, Calgary's up 3-1 and it's in the first intermission. I will say um, this. My predictions for both these, for all of these series have not changed based on game one. Put it that way. There, that's uh, Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I have only one where I, I like, I, I'm not changing anything that I said, and you can go back. I'm pretty sure I put it on Twitter, and if I not, and if I didn't, don't worry about it. It's like, who care? Ultimately, who cares? And I'm not changing what I had in my head. Um, only one of which I'm going to look silly on, and uh, if not for the last two minutes in an overtime of a game one, there I would have looked really silly. And another one, but uh, let's go through it. Let's start in the East uh, with the one-seeded Florida Panthers going up against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, 
the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning win a crazy knockdown drag them out series with the Toronto Maple Leafs in seven games. Florida wins four out of two against Washington. A series where I did not think Florida was the best team. Uh, they pulled a couple of those games out of their ass. Specifically game four, which uh, Garnet Hathaway is going to be thinking about that one for a while because he had that empty net, missed it by inch, missed it by a couple centimeters to go up 3-1. And then uh, in overtime later, it's 2-2. Uh, and then Florida rails off three straight for the series win, including a, a down 3 nothing comeback in game five. Um, I initially had this in my head, Craig. That and I'll, this is still remain my official prediction. I'm not going to change it, but let's just say I don't think I'm going to be right after the events of Game One. I thought that the Leafs took enough of a strip off of the Tampa Bay Lightning in Round One that that was going to slow them down against slow them down enough. Basically, I thought the Leafs took a leg out from under the uh, from, from under Tampa Bay and. Uh, Tampa Bay looked really slow in that series, especially in that game six overtime. I'm still stunned. That's, I mean, I'm still stunned. They pulled that out. They had dead legs that entire overtime and the Leafs were flying around launching pucks at net. And, um, it was just like game six overtime against Montreal last year. The Leafs yeah, absolutely. It was. And yeah. yeah. We dominate. We are a bounce back of the net, which yeah. like, you know, take one of those great chances. The Leafs got in overtime. Let's say one goes in. Then what are we talking about right now? So anyway, that's yeah. neither here nor yeah. there. But yeah, uh, um, uh, yeah. I, I thought, thought they took. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I thought they took enough off of them. But man, I just I really think this Florida team is overrated. Man, this team is overrated. They're I, I yeah, they are so fraudulent, aren't they? Like all like yeah. I I I picked Florida in seven, but after that game one, I'm. I think I think I'm going to be very wrong. Very wrong. What do you say? I had I had Tampa in five. Oh wow! I love it. I love it. They're better. Like if Florida plays the way they did against Washington, Tampa is going to not take long to win the series. Yeah, I hey, I just put too much in the fact that man Kucherov looked hurt and Braden Point is playing on half a knee right now, and this is the like thirteenth series in a row or whatever for for Tampa Bay. I I just I put too much stock into that. I think when I was making my decision at the beginning of the series, and I'm. May come to regret it because Tampa busted their asses in that game one, man. That was and and like the the like so glad and aren't you glad we got replay into? Imagine if that second Anthony Duclair oh, thing God. actually actually counted and what a like it would have. Yeah, and like Florida after all the like the the butt lucky stuff they've been getting all year, they get that and then went on to win it in the overtime. Give me an f and break with that. So thank God they got that. Thank God they got that right because that was. That was horrendous. Uh, so yeah, I, so I said Florida in seven, Tampa in five, and I think that you're going to be right, Greg. So there's that. Uh, let's head over to the West, and my beloved Colorado Avalanche are taking on the St. Louis Blues, uh, who we both predicted uh, against the grain a little bit. I think um, that St. Louis would. I uh, I, was, I I made a, a nice amount of money off that mm-hmm. particular series. And yeah. I bet big. I bet big on two. Like I had a profitable first round. I bet I, I placed two big bets. One was St. Louis, Minnesota. The other one was Pittsburgh over the Rangers. And 
Kind of feel like Jacob Trubo owes me some money, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I still have problems the first round. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Blues are good. I, yeah. I think the Blues are a really good team. Yeah, I should say I went eight for eight in the first round, so I got a perfect bracket going right now. We'll see if that uh, continues, knock on wood. Yeah, the only ones you missed were Toronto and seven, which that's like getting a coin flip wrong. And uh, I had Boston, or sorry, I had Carolina over Boston, and, and, and you had the Bruins. And again, that gay series won seven, because we both did say six, but whatever. Um, now, here's the thing. The... Obviously, this is the quote-unquote hurdle for the Colorado Avalanche. This is the second round. A lot of false narrative, I think, goes into that because people don't look at the context of how the Avalanche got knocked out in the playoffs the previous two years. Um, let's just let's look at it. Against the, Vegas, against the Vegas Golden Knights, really good team. Uh, they, played, yeah. they had a bad series. After game one, they were not very good. They yes. had a bad series. But they, they, it, was, it was two good teams against one another. The Dallas mm-hmm. series, like, they lost half the roster for that series. Yeah. And they were playing Include third, goal- third string goaltender and lost the game seven overtime. Yeah. Like, I think that we can uh, look at yeah. that series and say, hey, maybe that's not necessarily a repeatable thing with this group. And then before that, uh, it was, uh, what was the, who'd they lose it to in 19? San- it, was, it was San Jose in game seven. They lost game seven in San Jose when this was their, like, you know, this was their breakout year after they they were an eight seed. They upset the Flames, who were the President's Trophy winner, in the first round. Really whooped them too, five games in four games to one. And then they took San Jose to seven, and San Jose was a two seed that year. And um, they got hosed in Game Seven because they they scored a McKinnon scored a tying goal that was called back because the referee said. Gabe Landeskog was fiddling. He, he couldn't get the latch off the door to the bench properly, and they called him offside, despite the fact he was out of the play. It, yes. was, it, was, it was a horrendous decision. It never should have been called. Hey, and, that sounds like he, something that happened to the Leafs in Game 7, like a couple days ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway. It's <laughs> stupid. But anyway, uh-huh. here we are. That's, that's in the past. So but, they, they don't they really... That was a found money season anyway. So yeah. when we're sitting... Well, they're having trouble with the with, with the second round. It's a series when they lost a bunch of guys mm-hmm. and a series in which they played a really, really good team in round two that in a normal season, they that would, never that would have been would the finals. Have. Yeah. yeah, that would have been or, the, that should have been the Western Conference finals, but wasn't. Yeah. So context is king. And now Vegas busted their asses after now like the abs killed them in game one. Uh, game two, they played well for the first half of the game, but Vegas was the better team for the back half of that, and a significantly better team for the back half of that game. Um, bad penalty called on Miko Ranton in overtime. Ranton scores up to nothing. Um, Avs blue game, blue game three. They were up to nothing and let Vegas uh, score three straight in the third period. Uh, game four, Vegas kicked the shit out of them. Game five, the Avs absolutely choked. That was the Mark Thorne overtime goal. And um, game six, their goaltending completely failed. And Grubauer was so bad in game six. And uh, here we are. Um, Which so... apparently was a harbinger of things to come for the entire following season. <laughs> yeah, um... good lord. Poor Grubauer, man. I think he's... He's definitely he's better. Be, he's better than he showed. He'll be, he's, he's better, better than he showed. Be. Poor guy. Poor guy. Um, but here we are. The Avalanche trying to buck the trend of this, this what I perceive to be a, a fake they can't get out of the second round series. 
Um, they are on a mission to defeat the seven evil ex-boyfriends here, Craig. They took care of Duchesne. They're going to try to take care of O'Reilly. And, uh, you know, maybe Tyson Berry's waiting in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals uh, or the Western Conference Finals. I think that would be kind of fun if, if they, they Scott Pilgrim this thing on the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, I have the abs in five. And I think I'm being very generous have, to the I St. Have, Louis I have Blues. Colorado in seven. I have Colorado in seven. Colorado in seven. Wow. Okay. Yeah, which I'm not going to lie. I feel worse about that after last night. Because uh, the run of play just went entirely one team's way. And the yeah, only game went over. I think the Blues, and I now I that, that's a that's a team with a lot of Stanley Cup champions on it. Although you know what have you done for me lately? After a fluke uh, Stanley Cup run in uh, 2019, um, the Avs really beat the brakes off them yesterday. And Jordan Bennington, yeah. you can't expect him to keep that up for the rest of the series. Uh, although I do, I do think I was. Thinking in my head, how fast are we going to see Billy Huso in this series? Like, is Billy Huso starting Game Three for St. Louis? I think Biddington played well enough in that Game One that Billy Huso is a non-fact will be a non-factor in this series. Um, it's it's going to be Biddington's crease the entire way. Um, that was the, this basically. It, it had all the Game One had all the makeup of. That this this is where the doubt could have crept into the Colorado Avalanche, right? Like they O'Reilly scores a, a goal early that was pending on a couple of pretty lucky bounces, and then a great backhand by him when when the chance came. Um, Avs take the lead in the second after dominating the second period, but in the third period can't get that insurance goal right, and then the. Uh, the power play fails them again. They don't. They don't even come close on the two power play opportunities they had. The Blues, whose power play was insanely good against the uh, the, the Wild, and the Avs are really going to have to stay out of the box in this series. Uh, questionable Devin Taves holding call, which was a classic playoff makeup call, um, leads to a pretty soft Jordan Cairo goal that Kemper should have had. And all of a sudden, we're going to overtime, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, Jesus Christ, we just never got that. Like, we had we hit five posts. Bennington's made a bunch of really good saves. We fanned on a couple of wide-open chances, specifically Eric Johnson had a good one. And this just had all the makings of a Blues knuckler going in, and they're up one nothing and feeling crazy going, you know, getting the, you know, taking the home ice advantage away in game one. Uh, lo and behold, 13 shots to none. And then Josh Manson with his, with a seeing eye snipe, uh, takes game one. Um, we'll see. I, th- this blues team's got a lot of pride. I certainly think that they're going to make better adjustments and have the capacity to make better adjustments than Nashville, uh, did in round one. But, uh, man, the abs, they look really good right now. I'm, I'm going abs in five. Yeah, uh, if I had a chance to redo my prediction after game one, I would probably maybe say something closer to that. Uh, I just thought that, you know, St. Louis's scoring depth, uh, I thought their power play would, would keep them in it. Um, and hey, maybe it still will. Maybe they'll have a little more of the run yeah. of play. If, uh, if the possession game looks like game one uh, going forward here, that is a really bad sign, obviously, for St. Louis, because I don't think you can expect Jordan Pennington to do 950 every night. No, and, and like we said, the abs hit five posts. Five posts. <laughs> Some of those clank in, and, yep. you know, it is. What We're it is. talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, back to the Eastern Conference, the number one seed Carolina Hurricanes taking on the number two seed New York Rangers. Uh, New York Rangers, a little bit of, I mean, they, they pulled it out. You got to give them respect for the way they came back in that game seven. Their, their, their big boys showed up. Zabinajad, who was a ghost in the most of that series, showed up in, in game six and seven. Um, Carolina Hurricanes won a classic homestand series against the Bruins where no road team won a game, won a single game. Um... I had a prediction that, you know, like an hour ago <laughs> did not look great, Craig. Uh, I said, I, I have Carolina in five. And an hour ago, that looked like it was going to be very bad. But a little Sebastian Ajo goal here. And then Ian Cole, baby, in overtime. Uh, and Carolina's up one nothing. Uh, what did you have to say about this one? I had Hurricanes in seven. Ooh, going deep. Going deep. I Yeah, I think that, you know, Shesterkin will, will find a way to get enough of these. I'm not sure how good they're – I'm not sure how good either of these teams are, to be honest. Like, are these – well, I guess Edmonton's still in there. But uh, if, <laughs> if I were to rank the, the, the talent level on the rosters of the eight remaining teams, this is at best six and seven. Yeah. I think. I, um, yeah, but, you might be right. Yeah. Like, they're, the, neither of these two teams is as good as St. Louis. I think you might be right about that. I do. Yeah. Anyway, I really do think you might be right about yeah. that. Yeah. So I mean, Carolina. Uh, I would trust Carolina. I would trust Carolina a little bit more if they were facing the Blues in a seven-game series than I would the Rangers. I'll I'll put it that way, which is why I'm I'm going with Carolina in five because I I just yeah think no, that... I'm going with Carolina too. I just, I think they'll figure it out. But like the Rangers are going to have some and and you know hey you know what maybe this was the awesome Shesterkin night and they didn't win and if so that's a real problem for them. But yeah, the Rangers. Awesome, Shesterkin nights, and they'll have some. Hey, Panarin made a great play nights, and I just uh, I don't know how good this Hurricanes team is to be honest. So uh, I, I I think they win the series, but I think it's a long one. Uh, last one, the big one, the Battle of Alberta, Calgary versus the Oilers. As we talk right now, it's first intermission, three one Calgary. They scored two goals very quickly. Mike Smith, who by the way is the worst goaltender remaining in the playoffs by a country mile. Um, was pulled. It's uh, Miko Koskinen's net right now. McDavid with a nice, insane goal on uh, when he when he was inexplicably left alone out front. Uh, and Markstrom was like, "Hey, what the hell, guys?" <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's hey, you should probably find a way to cover this particular player. Yeah, uh-huh. at least something. Uh, I got Flames in five. So do I. Yeah. Okay. Like, there. I don't understand the people like. You're, the Oilers outs in this series is McDavid just goes superhuman because yeah. the Flames are going to have way more of the puck, especially when the Oilers' two main guys aren't on the ice. The Flames are going to have way more of the puck. The Flames are better defensively, and the Flames have better goaltending. Yeah. Like, it it's, would require yeah. superhuman effort from McDavid or Mike Smith or, slash Miko Koskinen goes on some crazy heater, which I don't think that one's happening. So no. No, give me the give me the flames in five. Yeah, you would need McDavid and Drysaddle to go nuclear in this one, and I don't think that's possible because Drys or clearly playing hurt. He's at like yeah. uh, I mean I'm just making up percentages in my head, but he's at like seventy percent right now. It does not look like anywhere near a hundred. I agree no. with that. That's that's for sure. Um, yeah, with healthy Drysaddle, if like if they're allowing two goals in the first shift of the game. 
that's going to be a problem. I don't care who, who else is on their team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That's so. That's, yeah, that's I, I, I've had I've had Flames in five. I just think they're a lot better. I think they're a lot better. Yeah. And man, like Calgary, Colorado is the Western Conference final we deserve. Yeah, I think so too. And and here's hoping that uh, that we get that. And um, like, look, I, I know this is going to sound bitter, but like. Wasn't the Eastern Conference final we deserved the Toronto Tampa Bay series we just watched? <laughs> it kind of was because like it's not looking like it's going to be great because like like, yeah, the Ra- Cal- like the Rangers in Carolina, none of those teams are particularly good. No, and it really looks like Tampa's just going to dust Florida here. So like, I mean, Tampa, like Tampa did like Tampa's plan in Game One was we're gonna just like slowly do ever like we're not going to go back and forth with these guys especially without Braden point and we're just going to wait and we're going to get our chance and then they did and yeah like i just i i i they, they will win this series quick i think i really believe yeah that. and they need to because they need to get healthy so that's the, yeah again i I, th- I put too much stock in that i thought the leafs were tampa down significantly and then florida while i do you and i like, or he's yeah, maybe. Or uh, maybe you need a faster, younger team that does what yeah. they do, except maybe better <laughs> in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> That's ready to go over. Uh, but we'll see. Long way to go. Long way to go. Not counting well, chickens. Whatsoever. Very long way to go. I'll say this about them, though, is in that game seven, the Leafs had, like, I think 70% of the expected goals. And then, yeah. which, that's hard to do. Vasil- Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. The, I, I, Vasilevsky yeah. from the uh, started like from the last uh, if you count the overtime was essentially a full period the last five yeah. of that series Vasilevsky had one goal and yeah, he was facing he, a lot of shots in that yeah time. he he basically because it, like, it wasn't like Tampa shut the Leafs down like they were getting a lot of shots and he had one goal yeah I think I messaged you I, I messaged you I want to say after game four which was a game that Tampa won but I like I I I, I messaged you and I said I don't think that. Or maybe it was after game three. I don't know. It was early in the series. I just remember saying that, like, there's not enough ink being spilled about, like, nobody deigned to step up and step up or and anybody with any, like, real sway in, in the, the hockey media step up and say, you know, Vasilevsky's actually been kind of bad in this Leaf series because... I'll, I'll he, say this. He wasn't his usual self and the numbers weren't good. No. But other than his mistake on Matthews' goal, like the the second Matthews' goal in Game Five, and the camp wrister in Game Three, there weren't any goals where you're like, "Oh, he'd want that one back." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, they were rush goals. Like, you know, it, it was hard. Like, you know, the, the a lot Riley of shorthanded goal. breakaways for the Leafs. Yeah, in those there was a lot some, of shorthanded breakaways. breakaways. Like, it was just yeah, yeah, it was just not a situation that they. Uh, they, they they allowed a lot of good chances. So like I wouldn't say Vas- Vasilevsky is necessarily bad, but he wasn't his usual self until yeah. the third period of Game Six started, and then he was basically unbeatable the rest of the time. Now I say he yeah. allowed one goal the rest of the way. In, in real life, we all know it was two, but uh, <laughs> only one of them counted. So you didn't think that. that was a penalty? Oh, I think that I, I think it's completely fine if you're looking at the rules. That's a penalty, but if but a lot of other stuff that was worse than that or the same as that had been let go throughout that game and throughout game six. You know what I mean? So it's like, if that's a standard, fine. And like, that is by the rules of the penalty. 
my objection is that penalty very rarely, if ever, gets called. And the standard in that particular game was you're not calling that. You know what I mean? Like if you look at um, Tampa Bay's goal, the first goal in game seven, Camp gets tackled. That starts the three on two rush. Camp gets tackled in his own zone. That doesn't get called. Uh, Muzzin's stick gets grabbed on the second Tampa Bay goal. Like he dry, he goes to poke check Nick Paul and Kaloran grabs his stick from the ice. Now the refs don't notice these things and that's fine. And, but that's just, it's just a, a lucky slash unlucky break thing. I just don't know how anyone can objectively look at the goals in game seven that were allowed and not allowed. And look, it's not a conspiracy. Like that's stupid, but it, I don't think you can objectively look at the goals in game seven that were allowed or not allowed. Oh, look at the Cal and foot faux high stick that should not have been mm-hmm. a penalty in game six that, that got Tampa Bay tied in the game. And again, not a conspiracy, but it's impossible to look at the last five periods of that series and not say the Leafs really got unlucky there. To yeah, me, at least. Just, yeah, yeah, just, just got to catch a break, yeah, man. That's all. Um, no. Yeah. So that is it uh, for this podcast. Uh, we'll probably come back uh, and, and talk to Craig, talk to Craig uh, once we know what the conference finals are, and we'll we'll see what's up there. Um, check back in with them. Uh, crossover podcast available at crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast, and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher you happen to be uh, using to download your ish these days. Um, that is it. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the crossover podcast. Uh, that's all for this week. Next week will be episode 400. This is episode 399. Um, next week will uh, likely be. Uh, Kevin and I talking about Moon Knight, the latest entrant into the MCU uh, Disney Plus series edition. Did you watch any Moon Knight, Craig? I have not watched it yet. I hear it's yeah. fun, though. It's Ds. It's Ds. I got a couple of ish- issues with it, but uh, for the most part, pretty Ds. Um, but yeah, that'll be it. Uh, take care, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Crossword Podcast. Yeah.